Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. Uh Uh-oh, surprise! Oh, now what? Don't panic! Nope. But do think before you act. These might be the thoughts and the words that you have before there is a situation in front of you. This happens every day to people, somewhere, Somebody around has a surprise. It's an emergency that they have to deal with. Who even knows what it might be? But we can think logically and figure out what is most likely to to come into our area of um, concerns. It just might be that something happens. And then, with a, a little thought and a little planning, we can take steps to keep the pain away from us and the people who we love. I think that there are two categories of problems. First, there's the regular and the minor problems, which we can easily solve. And it's kind of like having um, an extra cell phone cord or charger or something like uh, to air up a tire. See, these are, are small problems that we can handle. And how about if there's a minor medical um, burn or a cut or something? Yeah, these are all minor. Or something to eat or drink in case you have a breakdown in your car. Or a warm coat in your car to uh, carry with you. See, these are all in that category. But the other category of a serious event, now that takes more thought. There could be a big potential problem something major like a flood or a fire or an earthquake. And this might keep you from getting home, or it might keep you from leaving home. These are the kind of events that can last weeks even. Hey, do you remember the Oroville Dam? Or do you remember various forest fires? And then there have been big earthquakes around the state too. And you just have to ask yourselves, What do you want to do? Stay at home if there is such an event? Or do you want to go out and find a hotel room someplace? Maybe stay with family or friends? These questions don't seem to have any very easy answers. But I hope you can give it some thought because with ideas and with plannings, we can get through the difficulties a whole lot easier and, and so think about the concerns that you would have if an emergency comes up. Look and see what you think what you should do to prepare for such a situation. And remember the basic concerns that everyone has. Uh, think of um, having some, some uh, water and some food and some warmth with you just wherever you go. Flashlights are pretty good too. And a little radio and paper towels. All those things are handy. Keep a little food and water in your car. And that's a challenge in the hot weather because mm, the cars, they get a little too hot, and then you have to rotate your food. But the point is, is you do something and do some some care for an emergency that just might come up. Uh, You don't want to be hungry and thirsty. It's just better that way. Yep, it sure is. Well, start your preparations now before there is an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. This is episode 42, and as for today, give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. 
Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior called to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Settle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised Word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand. God bless you all today. You know, we have such a packed program. I've got so much to fit in, as always, and some um, concerning things, uh, as always, I guess. We start with good news, try to end with good news in between. Hang on, it's an e-ticket ride, so let's get going. But wait a minute, before we do that, I just want to let you know how you can reach me, and it is at info at redskyradio.net. That's info at redskyradio.net. And if you would like to listen to this program again, tell others about the program, the three most recent programs are always on the homepage of that webpage. We don't do Facebook. Uh, I'm not getting into that trap. We know where Facebook is going politically. We know where Google is going politically. Uh, More about that later in the program, which will stun you. Uh, if you are a big Google user, and we all use it to some extent, but you got to know uh, who your enemies are these days, and uh, they are one of them. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that with just rock-solid proof. But first of all, I want to start with some good news here. And now, now, some of you may not consider this to be good news. I do. And that is that Trump, President Trump, is again reducing the amount of refugees he's taking into the United States. Now, uh, under Barack Hussein, I think he finished with 90,000, although he jumped it by executive odor. Uh, He issued an executive odor to, uh, I think, what, 115,000 or something in his last year because he had a desire to ram, slam, cram, and jam as many Muslims into this country as he possibly could in his remaining time. And we know that to be the case because they were disproportionately Muslim, and there was an antithesis. I'm not antithesis. Uh, there was an animosity. There was a downgrading of Christians, and it's the Christians who have been persecuted in the Middle East, not the Muslims. Yeah, there's some Muslims that have been. They get caught in the crossfire, but go to some towns like Mosul where there are no Christians left because they've been killed. They've been run out. I mean, how many churches do you have in Saudi Arabia? How many Bibles are being distributed in Iraq? Where is there any religious freedom for Christians? Those are the ones who really needed to come in, but who didn't under Barack Hussein. And so they did not make it, by and large, with a distinct and enormous number of Muslims coming in, which is sort of part of his plan as a Muslim president. I get their strategy. I understand it. But Trump has changed that. He went from the average of about 90, although it was 100 and some under Obama. He went from 90 to 45 last year. He's gone from 45 to 30 this year. Now, there's some explanation here that's required. You see, you don't have to take 
everybody that comes knocking at the door. You don't have to take anybody that comes knocking at the door. You see, somebody comes knocking on your door and says they want to come in. Do you have to let them in? Do you have to let them in? I mean, you might say, well, you know what? They're, they're wet, they're cold, and they're tired. And I say, okay, I get that. And I understand biblical admonitions to take care of those people. But keep in mind that there were those who came to Joshua, who uh, a tribe, and they faked it all. They faked their poverty. They faked their hunger. They faked their worn-out clothes. It only come from about, whatever, eight or nine miles away. And they claimed they'd been on a long journey, and, and he, they tricked Joshua into, in, in essence, letting them stay in Canaan. Now, this is important because it comes back to what, what are the responsibilities? Do we have to take anybody and everybody? And the answer is no, we don't. There is not a constitutional right for somebody from any other country to come into this country. How could there be? I mean, the whole open borders concept is, number one, stupid. Number two, it's anti-American. Number three, nothing calls for it biblically or morally to take everybody in that comes knocking at the door. So we do. We've been the most generous nation in the history of the earth in letting foreigners come into this country. Does it have to continue forever? No. So how, how, who do you let in? The problem is... We have not had, as President Trump said, the proper vetting process because Barack Hussein did not want the proper vetting process. So the fact is what the, the, the people are yammering and clamoring about, and sadly some so-called Christian evangelical leaders that we're doing a disservice to the world and not letting in the tired and the poor and so forth, we have to put some things into historical perspective here. You see, the, it, what, morally speaking, biblically speaking, however you want to look at it, the only reference in the Bible to the treatment of foreigners is to those that are present, not to those attempting to come in. There's no reference to letting anybody and everybody come into your country. Ali, ali, oxen and free. No. You know, just ask the open border whack jobs, if they are okay, I mean, consider this. There's, what, eight, seven, eight billion people on the planet? If it's open borders, everybody gets to come in, right? Let's, let's think how stupid this is. So ask the open border whack jobs if they're okay with somewhere between 59 and 75 people living with them in their two-bedroom apartment. And if they aren't, then they need to shut up. Because that's what open borders says. Anybody gets to come in. Look, when everybody gets to come in, that's when I want to go out and I want to start possessing lands that everybody else has left. And we'll start over somewhere else where nobody is anymore. This is just ridiculous. Now, understand the reasoning behind our immigration policies. Let's just start from a constitutional and a political perspective. We have the Statue of Liberty to welcome the tired and the poor, the yearning masses. I get all that. And they came largely and distinctly initially out of Europe and then from other countries, and we've let others in. But understand the policy behind that was not just a matter of, of assisting refugees. The fact is it really wasn't refugees. It was those who just sought a better life that happened, not happened because it sounds like coincidence, but it coincided with the need, with the necessity of this country to occupy the land that we have. We had a gazillion square miles that were unoccupied from sea to shining sea. We started with 13 colonies. Remember, there was a point where Ohio and Kentucky and Michigan were considered the West. That was as far as the country went. And we continued to admit others to occupy and possess and, and take hold of all of this land. And it was a God thing. I mean, I believe it was the manifest destiny of this country was in, was in fact to populate this country and to use its resources to become the blessing to the world that it has been and specifically and ultimately to be one of the last and only remaining 
allies of the nation of Israel. I've always said if you got Israel as an ally, you don't really need any others because with that comes the blessing of God. So, have we occupied this country? Have we, have we possessed this land uh, from sea to shining sea? Is there, uh, do we have enormous empty pockets that have to be filled up to tame the land and tap its resources? I think not. The policy behind the immigration has been fulfilled. I mean, doesn't any plan ever come to an end? I mean, there comes a point when you're going to build a building and you say, hey, I mean, you need to do this and you need to do that, but don't you come to a point where you're either building a house or building a commercial property, whatever you're doing, that it comes to an end and we say, we've, we've completed that. Now we move on to another phase. You see that we don't have lands yet to occupy. Yeah, you can fly over. Uh, in fact, I flew over New Mexico yesterday, and I was just marveling at how much land is completely stark and unoccupied. Well, apparently the Muslims like it because it was a new, it was a it was a stark area of New Mexico where that extremist Muslim compound was found. But that's not who I want to open up our land to. I would not open up land to those who are bent on destroying our land. I would not open up our land to those who are coming here to take over our land, to change our laws, to ruin our Constitution, to destroy our Constitution, and subjugate this United States under Sharia law. Sorry, not interested in doing that. Now, because this country has thumbed its nose and flipped the middle finger of diplomacy in God's face, maybe, he'll, he's, maybe he's giving us over to those elements. But until I get that memo, until I get that email from him, I will always continue to fight for the sanctity and the sovereignty of this nation as it was conceived. I have no plans to change. Now, this really bothers me that these so-called evangelical Christian leaders are out there saying, we, you don't have any business limiting these people. And they say, gosh, why, are, why would we reduce the number of foreigners coming into this country when this country is doing better economically and we have financial prosperity? Well, first of all, I've already given you the first of all, there is no command to do this from a scriptural standpoint. But second of all, so what happens when our prosperity changes? What happens if the stock market crashes tomorrow? Do we kick all the people out that we just admitted because, hey, we don't, we don't any longer have the prosperity to support you? I mean, how stupid is that? They say, look, we, we, have, a, we have a moral obligation to let in these people. The fact of the matter is we are only cutting back slightly what we're doing is we're cutting back from Obama's excesses. This is like, this, you know, for them to complain, it's sort of like politicians, particular, particularly Democrats, who after, but some Republicans, I can throw them in here too, and they're all, and they're just as despicable. When you pass a budget that is a draconian increase in spending, but then go back in and retool the budget and cut back, and then the politicians go out and claim credit for cutting back on spending. And all they have done is reduce the increase. There's no reduction. They've simply reduced the increase. You still have an increase. But they strut around like pompous whatevers and claim that they have been actively involved in reducing the deficit and cutting back on spending. And they cut back on the increase. Now, Democrats are more famous for that than Republicans, but Republicans are not immune to that temptation to uh, take on a grandiose um, savior, Don Quixote, if you will, sort of mentality as though they're running to save the nation from fiscal demise the same the application the analogy here applies in this case we are cutting back but a lot of the cutback is the is the increase that Barack Hussein did is there a is there a decrease beyond that which we've done before yes but there is no magic number 
So what are we supposed to do? Take a poll from these evangelical leaders who are not part of creating any sound basis vetting process. See, the results of what we have, the cutback, is simply a part of the improvement of the vetting process, which is an order, which is exactly what President Trump said he would do. God bless you, Donald. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. We'll be right back with Red Sky Radio. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. Walter with Red Sky Radio. Um, some of you may hear this program after the Kavanaugh vote has taken place. At the time of this production, which is on the day that most of you hear this, uh, there's been no vote yet, but I want to touch on Kavanaugh for a couple of reasons. First of all, these allegations that are coming up against him. Uh, you know, the Democrats seem to just trot out whoever they want, whenever they want. I mean, this is just a despicable, deplorable approach. You want to talk about the despicables? Just go look at the, the blue side of Congress. Not that everybody's clean and wholesome on the red side. I am not a defender of bad Republicans. But there are a lot more bad Democrats than there are bad Republicans. Just the way it is, folks. They're immorally incompetent. But this approach by Diane Feinstein, so she, she doesn't reveal the name, and you've heard all of this stuff on Hannity and other programs and Levin, and I don't want to go back over that. I, I, I want to move past what you've already heard and get to something you have not heard. And this is going to be my recommendation to Mr. Kavanaugh. And it doesn't come from me. I got the idea from somebody else, and you'll know who the other person is in just a minute. But I can't help but ask, what did you do 42 years ago that you're not real proud of? What did I do 42 years ago that I'm not real proud of? What did I do 32 years ago I'm not real proud of? 22 years ago that I'm not real proud of? 42 months ago. In some of our cases, maybe it's 42 hours or 42 minutes. You chewed somebody out. You lost your temper. Whatever it might be. There's a, Look, humans are our fundamental failures. We start from a position of fail. I'm, I'm, we are. I, I'm not one who believes humans are fundamentally good. If that were the case, we wouldn't have any wars. We wouldn't have any rapes. We wouldn't have any murders. We wouldn't have any drug lords. We wouldn't have any of that if people were fundamentally good. And you can throw all the money at problems. People say, well, they are fundamentally good. They're just lacking resources and blah, 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 blah. Well, we throw a gazillion dollars at cities like Detroit and Philadelphia and Baltimore, and there's still the same Democrat-run cesspools with lousy schools, tons of drugs, people getting killed, all sorts of pornography. Who knows what, what all goes on? Money isn't the answer. Man is not fundamentally good. It takes a change. It takes a divine intervention for man to even to desire to really want to become better. God will meet that person at that person's point of desire and change them. But my point is, whether it doesn't matter what you are, whether you are evangelical Christian, whether you're Mormon, whether you're Orthodox Jew, whether you're Muslim, I don't care from this perspective what you are. The fact of the matter is no one is perfect, and no one becomes perfect in this life. I don't. 
We don't. I won't. You won't. We're going to have embarrassing moments. We're going to have them. Now, I'm, and I'm not saying of the nature that is being alleged against Mr. Kavanaugh, but my gosh, he was in high school. So here's what I'd like to do. Just for a second, let's go back into Barack Hussein's past. Let's go back because uh, Hussein is uh, older than Kavanaugh. Let's go back 52 years. Let's see what he was doing. Let's see about. Let's find out how many joints he was smoking in high school and college. Let's read about all the crap that he disseminated and the stuff that he did. Let's see what he did when he was over in Indonesia. Let's take a look at his bogus foreign passports, and let's see about him getting admitted into U.S. schools based on a foreign student visa, which he will not reveal. Look, they tried to nail George Bush because he got drunk as a skunk and got a DUI when he was, whatever, 25 years old. Come on, folks. I mean, I, this is just ridiculous. I mean, I, I gave a talk the other day where I admitted, hey, I wasn't a Christian at the time. A person talked me in to running for the House of Representatives in Michigan over a pitcher of beer. And, you know, the more beer I drank, the more I felt like running. And I ran as a Democrat. I won the primary. God touched my life, and I asked him to not elect me. And he didn't. I didn't get elected. First prayer answered immediately. I got creamed in the election. But I'm not proud of things. So why is all of there, all of a sudden, why is the litmus test for Kavanaugh the fact that he has to be knighted? He has to have arrived at a Catholic sainthood designation before he is a legitimate candidate for the Supreme Court when we've got presidents of a, of a higher order, more important than the Supreme Court, individual justice. There's nine of them. There's only one president. Why isn't the, aren't the presidents held to that same standard when it's a Democrat that's running. It's only when Republicans running that they, they're held to sainthood status, not the Democrats, and I'll tell you why. It's because nobody expects anything moral coming out of Democrats. Nobody expects anything righteous coming out of them. Nobody expects them to have any cojones or any morals or any brains, and so the standard is different. I get it. Now, what does Kavanaugh need to do? I told you there. So this is what the media is not talking about. I don't know why they haven't thought about it. Maybe they've left something for me. Maybe they've allowed some crumbs to fall off on the from the table to the floor for Red Sky Radio to pick it up and run with it. Here's what Kavanaugh needs to do. He needs to do exactly what Donald Trump did when he had all of his alleged sexual accusers come after him a late night attack by the Democrats, an 11th hour stab, even though they thought they had him nailed. Apparently, they didn't really think they had him nailed because they had all those women that came out and said he did this, he did that, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember what Trump said? I remember so well. I thought it was brilliant. It was, I was in that process of liking him better every time I heard him. And this is one of the things he said that catapulted my support for him. He said, you're lying, and I'm going to prove you're lying. And after this election is over, I am going to sue you for libel, for slander, for defamation. I'm going to sue your sorry butts. And what happened? We didn't hear Jack Squat Diddley from any of them after that because they knew they were lying. They didn't want to get sued. The Democrat Party wasn't ready to throw good money after these women that they trumped up there to go after Trump. And trumped up is the operative word. This is what Brett Kavanaugh needs to do. He said if, if, if they, in fact, are lying, and he says that they are, so let's just run with it, he needs to do what Trump did. He said, look, this is malicious. This is slanderous. You are lying out of every orifice of your body, which I don't know and I've never touched. And I am going to sue your hiney until your fanny is hanging in the smokehouse when I'm done with you. Because this is awful what you are doing, this lying. 
Now, you can only say that if they really are lying. If they aren't, then he's got to come out and say, hey, you know what? I was 17 years old or whatever, and it wasn't the last time I got drunk or what have you. But let's see how many of you are perfect since then, and let's trot out everything this woman who's making the challenge against him, let's trot out everything that she's done since then, every guy she has slept with, every joint she has smoked. Let's just pull out and trot out everything that you can do because I'll tell you as a lawyer, if somebody makes a claim against you, particularly against a guy for rape, the guy does have the right to show that this woman's character and so forth is that she sleeps with everybody. I'm not saying this woman has, but the fact of the matter, when somebody assassinates your character, you have a right to defend your character, even if it involves and of necessity includes the proper assassination of the other person's character. Because you see, the person's integrity, well, let me put it this, let me, I got to rephrase that. The legitimacy of a person's charge does not rise any higher than the integrity of the person making the charge. This is what I want to say to people who are, that, that try to box politicians in with left-leaning questions and, 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 and questions that just are unfair questions like, you know, have you, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Well, tell me what the answer to that is. No, I haven't stopped beating her yet. Or, yes, I have stopped beating her. Okay, you're, you're toast either way. Those are the kinds of questions that the left wants to throw up to people that are on the right because they hold the right to a different standard, one that doesn't apply to them. But in interviews, the legitimacy of those questions don't rise any higher than the motivation and the integrity of the interviewer. Same thing here with the accuser. So Brett, I wish I could say my friend, but I've never met the guy. If I met him, I'm sure I would like him. Brett, if you are innocent, pull a Donald, shut their mouth, stick a cork in it, threaten to sue for everything they got, these women making the, the, the woman, now I guess there's another one supposedly coming out, they, because this is what they do. They do. They pile on. They start with, un, they're like a bad football team, the Democrats. They start with unnecessary roughness, and then they pile on after that. Sue them, Brett. Threaten to sue them. Okay. They, you know, the Democrats are so unhinged. It just is unbelievable. And this Kavanaugh thing has really, really brought it out. So you take one of these key votes, Susan Collins, pro-abortion Republican. <clears throat> I don't know. Why does, I don't know why she just doesn't join the Democrat Party. But anyway, so she's getting the heat. She's in Maine. She's getting heat uh, to vote against Kavanaugh. And so this is the left. This is a balanced left. This is the left that's supposedly high, more intellectual than the right. The more, the more, um, let's just say, uh, debonair and fair and balanced and all of those things that they claim, but are in fact are entirely unhinged. So this is the way the headline reads from the New York Times. In quote, interest groups turn up pressure on senators before the Kavanaugh vote. Turn up pressure. It's like, you know, like we, you know, we're encouraging you senators to vote down Kavanaugh. But then dig into the story. And then we find out that who, Collins' is, uh, staff has been just inundated with threats, with vulgar language from the left, because that's all they use. They, they only have an eight-word vocabulary, and one of them is the F word. They're going on there. In fact, they one of the 25-year-old staffers for Susan Collins, they've got it. They got the recording. At one of their offices, they received a call that she that the caller hoped that if Collins did not vote against Kavanaugh, this caller was hoping that this uh, Collins staffer would be raped and impregnated along with about 25 uses of the F word, because frankly, uh, profanity is, a, as I said before, is an effort by a weak mind to express itself forcibly, which pretty much describes the left. Now, all of this... Mm -hmm. 
gosh, are we to another break? I cannot believe it. All of this is actually, oddly enough, rather good news. But I don't have time to fit it in. Don't go away. We'll explain more when we come back. Rob Walter, the Red Sky Radio. Red Sky Radio is looking for the few, the proud, and the brave to sponsor portions of this program. There has never been a better time to advertise on Red Sky Radio. We've recently launched in Arizona, and the response has been outstanding. Arizona and Las Vegas need this program, and we will do everything we can to help your business grow in a rapidly expanding market of incredibly loyal listeners. So if you're in Las Vegas or the greater Phoenix area, Contact us at info at redskyradio.net and find out what Red Sky Radio can do for your business. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. We are back. Just a little note here on the side. I mean, it's kind of interesting. The uh, Bob Seeger-related emails <laughs> I'm getting because uh, some of the music we have chosen. I love the guy. He's a Michigan boy. Um, and to his credit, never left Detroit when he could have afforded Malibu. Um, you know what? That impresses me. You know, people who who stick to their roots. He stayed around Detroit when he could have had a home on the beach in Malibu. But no, he didn't leave his hometown. I love that. Okay, getting back to the story. I want to just quote here uh, from the Times. It said, the left's frustration is boiled over at points. So they go, when you get into the story, they start to admit some things. Annie Clark, a spokeswoman for Ms. Collins, provided the New York Times with copies of a letter and multiple voicemail messages addressed to the senator using vulgar language and outright threats. End quote. Now, this is why I think this is kind of good news. You see, I, I like it when the left overplays its hand. And it does stupid things. Now, is, is Collins an important vote? Is she a swing vote in this thing? Yes, yes, she is. But here's the good news. Because if she does vote against Kavanaugh, she is going to have a harder and harder time to, to base that vote against him in her extreme pro-abortion belief. It's going to look like she's weak. She's going to look like she is a subject to left-wing intimidation. She's going to look like a piece of sausage there in Maine, or let's just say, uh, well, whatever, an old potato. I guess they grow a lot of potatoes, right? She's going to look bad. Now, I'm not saying that she's going to vote for him, but what the left is doing, I honestly really believe, is heightening the probability that Susan Collins is going to support Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, she may vote for him or against him, but she's going to have to prove more than she ever would before why she has voted against him. Right? You know, I mean, it's enough to, um, I think this is enough to make her vote for him. I, I, I think she could go to the right side on this thing. Beside the fact she also got in the mail 3,000 coat hangers uh, to remind her of uh, the fact that to the pro-aborts, to those who have had abortions and can't deal with the sin, it is, you've killed an innocent, unborn human life, but we've all sinned. There are ways to get over it, but not the one way to get over it is not by intimidating senators, by sending them coat hangers, because you don't, you can't get over your, your past. So you need to impose your failed uh, philosophy on another unsuspecting generation and push that on other people. Well, you know, I don't know. It, it, it might work. The left might intimidate her, but she's just going to look like a feckless nothing from Maine, not the way that Maine women are known to be known. Not as feckless, weak women. They're, they're known to be of strong constitution. And those women of the North, as John Adams said, 
Uh, they are far superior than the pale, puny things that are resident in Virginia. That's what John Adams said, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing a bit to uh, strengthen and encourage his wife that the women that he has met in the South are nothing compared to the women of strength of character and constitution in the North. So, Susan. Uh, be what your namesake stands for. Be strong here. Stand up to these weenies. Stand up to these intimidators. You know, I, I like what Ted Nugent did. I, this is a digression. Uh, Ted Nugent, another Michigan boy. I'm not really particularly crazy about his music because I was never in a, into a headbanger rock. However, the guy, I like the guy. He speaks to the right things on all the right issues. And when he was being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is, gosh, where is it? I want to say it's in Ohio. Maybe it's in Cleveland. I get it confused with the Football Hall of Fame. But uh, anyway, I, I think it is, but I could be wrong. Somebody correct me where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. At info at redskyradio.net. I think it's in Cleveland. But anyway, he was getting inducted. And because Ted Nugent is an incredible, outstanding hunter, I just he's he's amazing, not just with gun, but particularly bow and arrow. I mean, he can hit a deer that he can't see. If he knows how far the deer is away on the other side of something that obscures it, he can shoot over it. He is shot over hedges and things and hit targets. He is good. But because he's so good, he is hated by the animal rights activists. Loathed. And when he was getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they started to heckle him. And they started to heckle him to the point they were, uh, they were d- d- seriously inter- interfering with his presentation. And I may be uh, off on a couple of words here, but more or less to the to the point to the point because I had no plan to say this. He finally turned to him and says, "Ah, shut up, you bunch of weenies!" And they did. They were insulted. They were humiliated. They turned and they just walked away. And that was the end of them. Now, that brings to mind, brings to mind as I am doing this program here in the upper Midwest of a bumper sticker I saw yesterday from a hunter. And I loved it. And it said, I've never seen this before. It said there are there <clears throat> there's room for all of God's creatures right next to my mashed potatoes. doesn't mean you go out and kill your dogs and cats. He's just saying, if you're up in the upper Midwest, you hunt for food. That's part of the deal. Well, anyway, I'm getting back to Susan Collins, and I have digressed about 4,000 miles. This whole thing about the coat hanger is a bunch of nonsense. Brett Kavanaugh cannot and will not overturn Roe v. Wade by himself, or even with the Supreme Court. And you say, well, why is that? Because the only thing that will overturn Roe v. Wade is a constitutional amendment overturning it, which the Supreme Court, because of course it would get held up in court, would then have to weigh in on there is no such case pending. There is no such case even probably arising because this country has gone too far down the rat hole to ever get a constitutional amendment prohibiting the slaughter and execution of your innocent unborn children. We've gone too far down the path of Molech. And for those of you not familiar with Molech, it was a god to whom many people in the Middle East, and ultimately including the nation of Israel, sacrificed their children to please the gods. So, uh, that's the, that is the comparison, child sacrifice, from then. And, of course, we call, we call abortion progressive, but really it's regressive because it's going back to executing innocent children, in this case, unborn. That case, they were born. They didn't have uh, abortion. They didn't even have coat hangers to work with. No, all Brett Kavanaugh could possibly participate in is a decision that says that there is not a constitutional right to kill your innocent unborn children. And there isn't. 
That was just made up. That was just hocus pocus by Harry Blackman. Even Harry Blackman's own um, clerk called the decision Roe v. Wade an abortion because it was so bereft of any logic, morals, and constitutional basis. They called the decision an abortion, a legal abortion. This is what it would do. If that, in fact, happened, and they said there's no constitutional right, New York's going to continue killing their innocent unborn. California, which is better known as Killifornia, which sets a record every year for the number of kids in the womb that are executed, will go right on with a slaughter, and they will continue to celebrate as though it's some, some holiday feast because that's what they do in California and Oregon and Washington and Hawaii and Illinois, called Killinois. No, those continue the slaughter. So here's the deal. If you want to snuff out your unborn child and you're in New Mexico or now what happened, New Mexico will keep abortion legal. Let's say Oklahoma. Well, you're going to have to make the trip a few hundred miles and go to New Mexico to kill your innocent unborn child. Is that really a problem? Is that really a problem for those? They say, oh, that's a that's a suppression of their rights to have to pay. Well, wait a second. We're supposed to subsidize murder? We're supposed to subsidize the execution of the innocent unborn? Well, that's not the end of the pressure on Senator Collins and others. She got a blackmail from a left-wing activist who says he raised a million dollars in crowdfunding. And if she doesn't vote against Kavanaugh, if he, she doesn't vote to make sure that legalized killing continues in this country in all 50 states, then he's going to give the million dollars to whoever opposes uh, Collins in the next election. So there's your left. Vulgar threats, death threats, all that kind of stuff. I mean, these are the folks, you know, folks, these are the real haters. You want to see hate? Listen to the left. Watch the left. Listen to their vulgarity and, and all the things that they do. As one writer wrote here, he says, over the past week or so, the economic news has gotten better. Absolutely. Uh, Trump's economy is shooting the, shooting the lights out. And the Russian collusion hoax has collapsed. So the desperate hate rhetoric from the media has escalated. These attacks have also extended to the Republican House for not doing anything to save our country from the madman uh, Donald Trump. This is uh, from, I'm quoting Breitbart there. And they are absolutely correct. Why have they gone ballistic? Why are they, are they totally unhinged? Is because the economy is killer. It's doing great. They don't have that anymore. The Russian collusion thing uh, is, is collapsed. It's, fall, it's collapsed under the weight of its own falsehood. They're running out of crap, folks. So they got to go to the next level of volume. You want, I mean, you don't watch late night TV anymore. You watch hate night TV because that's all they do. They hate, hate, hate. You are seeing a, almost a demonically possessed left that just cannot get over what they think that they have lost. I mean, I want to just finish this piece because we've got to go to a break here in a minute. Breitbart News has already tallied, documented, over 550 instances of harassment, threats, and outright violence aimed at Trump and his supporters. And now we're seeing those the, uh, the uptick in the media uh, they've amped it up in their attacks and the attacks on anybody, anywhere, who dares to wear a Make America Great hat. It's unbelievable. It is absolutely just unbelievable. Well, you know what? I was, uh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to fit this in. I was going to cover something about the uh, Hurricane Florence. Uh, well, you know what? No, I want to get to the Google News. The Google News. Um, and you need to look this up. You need to look up Google reaction to Trump election. Write it down. Google reaction to Trump election. You won't believe what you're going to find 
but I'm going to cover it when we return. Don't go away. It's Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. This is Rob Walter. We are back with Red Sky Radio. I'm going to try to fit this in before we get to the piece on Google, but I, but take note, uh, Google Google's reaction to Trump election. Google that. <laughs> See if they pull it up. But you can skip Google, too. You can go to a great search engine called DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. I use it. It's not Google because they will screen things. Well, I, I, you've heard me on that. We'll get back to it in a minute. But the Weather Channel, I need to cover this because – Quickly, because Hurricane Florence is quickly becoming behind us. But I'll tell you, I have said for a long time with the Weather Channel is not the Weather Channel. It's the All Global Warming Channel. And they had talked, uh, what, eight or nine years ago. They said, oh, global warming is going to lead to a record amount of hurricanes in Florida. Well, we had a record number of non-hurricanes. We went through a season of no hurricanes. In fact, a hotel owner down in Florida ended up suing the Weather Channel because they were killing his business. And now we got this guy who's faking it for the Weather Channel down there. He's swaying in the breeze, and he's, he's fighting the wind just to try to, oh, what a brave guy. He's out there battling the elements to, to report the story. And then behind him, two guys just go casually walking by with nothing going on, sloshing through a little water like that fake deal they did a few years ago with, what's her name, Mary Kaczynski or something like that. So she's paddling around in a canoe and two, two firemen walk by in ankle-deep water. Fake news because they're pushing. All they do is push global warming. And the Chan Weather Channel tried to defend this guy and said, well, this guy was on slippery grass, and the other guys, those other guys were walking on cement. Well, then get off the slippery grass, you stupid moron. If you can't stand, you weren't fighting the wind. You were fighting slippery grass. But he faked it like the wind. The Weather Channel is a fake. Here's, I got to wrap this point up fast because I got to get on to this other thing. Go to Weather Underground or AccuWeather. Weather Underground is my number one source of weather news because it comes without the left-wing climate warning, warming crapola and uh, innuendo that you get from the Weather Channel. They stink. Okay, Google. I got to speed this up. This video recorded at a meeting of high-level people, the founders and co-founders of Google. A party recorded this at a meeting anonymously right after Trump was elected. And what this does, it reveals the panic at Google over Trump's election. The reason I point this out is because if there's any question of whether Google should be gaggled, this is proof. They are a left-wing organization. If you rely on them, Facebook is left-wing. If you rely on them and you decide to speak out about anything righteous, godly, conservative, throw it in there, anything to the right of center, they looked to snuff you out. They, I mean, the meeting, they actually have transcribed the video for you so you can read what they are saying about how they are, how they were actively trying to get the uh, the Latino turnout for uh, Clinton, but it it, it uh, backfired because there actually was record Latino turnout for Donald Trump. Yeah, it got it out. Hey, thanks Google because you shot your own self in the butt. That's fine. Co-founder Sergey Brin, he can be heard stating on there that Trump supporters are fascists and they're extremists. 
Trump voters were, he said on here that the Trump voters were motivated by boredom, which he then goes on to say boredom leads to fascism and communism. I'm not kidding. Look it up. The, the, it, you can go through the, all the quotes of these guys. Let me say, okay, Trump supporters, uh, out of boredom, they voted for, uh, for Trump. Because, presumably, boredom leads to fascism and communism, and fascism and communism will take care of the boredom. These people are mega-billionaires? These morons that run Google, these anti-American God-haters, America-haters that run Gaggle, known as Google? Let me ask you, when you read this, you will see all their suggestions about controlling the media. They start right out, This as it was saying, quote, this is probably not the most joyous moment we've had. Most people here are pretty upset and pretty sad. But he, then he goes on to express his excitement over the legalization of pot in California. This is Google. This is one of the co-founders, and they're all chiming in. Now, you will read about their efforts, their, let's say, proactive efforts to control what people hear, what people see, what people read, and to influence it. They, they state it right here. We are, we're committed in the long term to get away from this tribalism and use our strength and resources to advance progressive causes. That's right in there. Well, let me ask you. You talk about tribalism. What is Black Lives Matter? Antifa. What are, are the two? You talk about tribalism. Let's talk about all the ones that are acting like tribal members by threats and by uh, by intimidations and by shootings and by stabbings. My goodness sakes. And let me ask you, Google, you are afraid of fascism and communism. Well, what is more fascistic? What is more communistic than one organization like you guys controlling the media and trying to influence people and controlling what people think and say and what they can disseminate? What could possibly be more fascist? This is like Antifa. The so-called anti-fascists are the fascists. They're the ones that are using their power, intimidation, and control to bring the masses under subjugation to what they think and they believe. Go look in the mirror, Google. You're the fascist. You're the communist. You're, by the way, you're the morons and you're the jerks. I'm sorry I've lost control, but the truth is what it is. I really can't stand you. Here's the good news. All you got to do, you know what you have to do? You got to sit tall in the saddle. You got to ride for what you believe. You got to ride for the brand, which in my case, I'm a Christian. My brand is Jesus Christ. But whatever you believe in, if you believe that God has created this country, then stand for it and do all you can do to stand. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. This hour from townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. The GOP chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee is rejecting Democrat calls to delay Monday's hearing for President Trump's Supreme Court nominee and his accuser. In a letter, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley responds to Democrat demands that the FBI investigate Christine Ford's sexual misconduct allegation against Brett Kavanaugh. Grassley writes that the FBI compiles background information about prospective nominees, but does not make a credibility assessment. He also says that because Dr. Ford's allegations are in the public arena, there is no longer a need for a confidential FBI investigation. Greg Clugston, Washington. 
President Trump is checking out Hurricane Florence's damage in the Carolinas. I think it's incredible to see what we're seeing. In New Bern, North Carolina, the president walked down a street full of debris, hugging some residents, patting others on the back. We're going to be with you, you know that. He took the same message to South Carolina. Is everybody okay? In Conway, where residents expect more flooding this week. Where we're standing, it'll be three feet deep. The president promised federal help. We've got everything laid out. He'd earlier handed out containers of hot dogs and chips at a church and said the nation grieves with the families of those Florence killed. We will never forget your loss. We will never leave your side. We're with you all the way. Sagar Magani, Washington. A shooter opened fire inside a Wisconsin software company on Wednesday, wounding three people before responding officers fatally shot the assailant as workers ran from the office building or hid inside. No details were released about the suspect, a possible motive, or how the attack unfolded in Middleton, a city just west of Madison. Officers were still conducting interviews after witnesses and other people at the scene were taken in school buses to a nearby hotel. On Wall Street, that up by 158 points. The Nasdaq dropped six. The S.